Hey, it's Christy. Welcome to Do The Work. Today and every day, we'll talk about things that really matter. You, your thoughts, your feelings, your experiences. We'll discuss what emotional work looks, sounds, and feels like in our day-to-day lives. Relationships are what matter most, and they can be complicated. If you'd like a better connection with yourself, with others, and with your God, you are in the right place. So glad you're here. Welcome to Do the Work with Christy on this Wednesday. I'm so happy that you're here and really, really happy to be here with my dear friend, Liz Yagi, who she gave me all the rules of how I could introduce her. And I'm just coming out with the dear friend work. <laughs> yes or no, Liz? It sounds great. Okay, good. I could share a lot more. And I am truly so grateful to have her here. And I'm trying to be really nice to her because I want her to come back because this is what, (laughs) this is hopefully going to be a space where Liz and I can discuss questions that come in to me through coaching sessions or coaching um, after a podcast, uh, someone will text in or uh, leave a message on social media asking questions about the podcast that they just listened to. And so Liz is here to actually ask me some questions and I'm going to ask Liz some questions. And really what we're doing is representing questions that have come in along the way. So you up for it? I'm up for it. Okay. I'm so excited. Okay. So let's start with, here's the first question. Do you want to ask it or me? Yeah, I'll ask it. Let's go. Okay. Okay, here's the first question. I know that forgiveness is important. Why is it so hard for me to forgive? So maybe if you were asking that question, I'd say, what does forgiveness mean to you? Mm, that's a good point. I think often, I guess if I think of it, forgiveness is usually that space that wants forgiveness is I want to be free of pain around something. That's what I think of. Mm. So someone's saying, if I, I, I want to be free of pain, but then why, if that's true, and that's what forgiveness will bring, which even scientifically, they have so much evidence that proves that pain is so much less when we choose to forgive. It actually affects so much of our life, our body, physically, spiritually, emotionally. Why is it so hard? I mean, I think I think often forgiveness is tricky because sometimes it can feel like if I forgive, then maybe my pain's invalidated or not seen, or I have to give up the idea that something hurt. Yeah, which I think is like it, it is that that in and of itself is a trap because forgiveness itself actually is awfully validating to both but it feels like one often wins and one doesn't. Wow. And you're saying what it usually feels like is if I forgive someone, then they win, but I don't win. I mean, I think it can. I think it's, I mean, clearly it would scale on all sorts of things, but I think it definitely can feel that way. Or if I forgive, then I have to forget the pain. Yeah. And where I think actually the pain transforms to something else in reality. What does it transform to? I would say like wisdom and grace. Mm -hmm. That's what it feels like to me. Like in the places where I 
can get to that place of forgiveness. I think it feels like that, that space gets filled with grace and wisdom for myself and for the other person. I, I felt a physical emotional response when you said that, because our, I think our fear or our shame says, if I forgive her or him, then I, I, it's like, it didn't happen. Yeah. But in truth, when tell me if I I'm hearing you correctly in truth, if I choose to forgive and it is a choice and it's, it's effort and work, I believe to forgive, then what it's replaced with is (laughs) wisdom and grace, which, which you can't know that until you've chosen it. So to just trust that that's going to be on the other side of forgiveness requires a lot of emotional courage and strength. I think so. I also think it's not like, I think it's a journey of varying lengths of and degrees and twists and turns. So although it can sound like acute formula, I think there's often a lot of grief, sorrow, expectation, deconstruction that go into that journey that can end up in a space of grace and wisdom. And it's the courage to be willing to take that journey. And I, I do think it's long and sobering and humbling. And it, it has like the deepest of rewards, but it's not, it sounds cute. Like it would make a cute magnet on your fridge, (laughs) but that's not what it feels like. It, It feels like your skin being peeled off your body. I mean, it can be a really painful experience. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're working through the pain, maybe. I think so. I think ego, I think expectations, I think loss of hopes or dreams or that were, you know, probably valid or good or all sorts of justification for why they were. And then that sobering place of getting to accept what is, what we can't control, and then leaning into what we can is that space of forgiveness, but it it is a sobering journey. Now, I think, again, it can vary in degrees, right? Your neighbor can say something kind of cheeky to you and it might take you like 0.5 seconds to kind of move through. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And then there cannot be other ones that, you know, a lot of times they're, you know, family or places where people have been very victimized and those are really, really long and harrowing places. Yes. And it's a, it's a worthwhile work, I think. Me too. Yeah. So I don't know if I told you this, but I'd love to know uh, you, what you just described is from my own experiences, just so accurate. And, and Liz, you have s- such beautiful language to help someone see, help me see. You've done that a lot for me. I'm single. I'm speaking at a single fireside and I was pretty vulnerable in what I shared a gentleman that stood, came up and, and he grabs my left arm mm. and, <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> and he starts tapping on my left arm and says, does this hurt? And I said, 
wish you're like, I wish they could see your face. <laughs> well, you would want to just level with the person, like, where are we going with this? <laughs> you just kind of step on his toes. Does, does this, this hurt? hurt? <laughs> okay. So anyway, he goes, does this hurt? And I said, no. And he tapped again a little higher up on my, on my, <laughs> your face is killing me. And I said, he goes, does this hurt? I said, no. One more time. Does this hurt? I said, no. Then you've forgiven. You, then you're not holding on to something. And I was, you know, I said, you know, he said he's been doing this for decades. And I thought, you know, as you were just describing what forgiveness feels like to move through forgiveness. I think what most of us want is a tap, tap, tap. Are you okay? And then moving on. But that isn't, that's not real life, right? Yeah. I'm not sure what the tap tap was about. <laughs> I would have had like 70 more questions for Daryl, but just kidding. I don't know what his name was. No, um, me neither. <laughs> You mean of just like, I'm not yeah, sure. just almost like it's, oh, tap, tap, tap. Oh, you, you forgiven. Like, why? Oh, if it's it were easy, that, just that, that easy, easy, that quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I get yeah. that's not what he was saying. He was trying to point something out. But I think forgiveness, when, when you say you come out with wisdom and grace, it's almost what comes first because you almost have to have grace for yourself oh, to I, even yeah. step into yeah. wanting to forgive. I think that's true. And I think actually, which is true with a lot of things, what you have for yourself is what you're able to share with others. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I, I mean, I think it's, I'm not sure I'd say like grace before wisdom. Sometimes they're lovely companionship, you know, and I'm sure if I got thinking lots of other virtues, but it it is kind of like, it does feel like a deep maturing but yeah and i yeah i think it's just a a process and the truth is even when you get to a space where you feel a tremendous amount of peace it's also reasonable that the that pain from a different angle different viewpoint different experience can bring up pain connected to something old so true which i don't <clears throat> think in any way discounts any any progress that has been made I think it's just seeing it from a different angle. And mm-hmm. I think where you can hold space and not be afraid of the feelings that come up because they can be a lot and they can be a lot of anger, a lot of all, all sorts of things. And, and even just being like a kind companion or a kind observer of, of yourself as you go through the experience can, um, I, I think helps navigate something like that with that wisdom or grace that you're kind of hoping to develop as you go as well. Yeah. No, it does. It does make sense. So forgiveness, it's important because our emotional, mental, physical health is very affected by what we hold and what we let go of. Why is it so hard to forgive? I I really think my first response would be because you're human and you have been hurt. I think so. Yeah, it's it's amazing depending on what side of an experience I'm on, yeah. whether I'm a real champion of justice or I'm a real champion of mercy. Yes. Yeah. Like yes. I I can yeah. And it, I think it is I think it's tricky space. Yeah. yeah. But it is I think that space to forgive because ultimately to replace pain with peace. Yeah. 
and sometimes the two of them sit together, but peace is a great mentor to the pain that kind of transforms it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And okay. One last thought on it too. Sometimes we, it's hard to forgive because the issue isn't actually what we think it's about. Sometimes it's, it's about much more than the actual maybe experience that you think Mm. you're addressing. Yeah, I think that's true. Okay. I think, I I think that is true. I mean, that probably is a bridge to some of these other questions even. Okay, good. But I, but I also think in whatever current experience brings up pain, pull on that thread. It will, it will lead you to the entire hairball eventually. (laughs) So (laughs) true. It's so good. Okay. So what, what's the next question? I think a good one is, am I totally responsible for my own feelings? And can I really feel something other than shame and guilt? Hmm. Yeah. And I think that came after um, someone had listened to the third podcast on the difference between shame and guilt. Oh, shame and guilt. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So am I totally responsible for my own feelings? Yeah. Yes. 100%. Yeah. That feels like a good number. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I gotta, I gotta run that through a filter, but the, but the percentage would be very high, very high. <laughs> I agree, very high. I think my thought on that question is the beauty is that yes, you are responsible for your feelings. So that that then says you have the power, yeah, to move through feelings and to choose where you want to land. I think it could feel like it's almost bad news, like I'm totally responsible, but that is the that is the path to freedom is controlling the things that we're in charge of. Part of that question was can I feel something other than shame and guilt? I hope so. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean I think and I also think the reasonable things to feel. Like those are the only two items on the menu. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would, come to, I, I would go to a different restaurant. <laughs> yes. We, we serve shame and guilt. Like, okay. All right. I wanted something yeah. different. I was hoping for something yeah. different. Yeah. That's good. I mean, hopefully all the experience, joy, shame, guilt, sorrow, frustration, happiness, they all kind of weave together into a giant life tapestry. Yes. Yeah. Oh, there's so many. Every time, every question, now I'm thinking this could be its own podcast. Sure. Because there, most adults, Brene Brown, um, in her research, found that most adults can only acknowledge or recognize. Was it up to six feelings? I think that's like happy, sad, glad, mad. I can't remember the other two. Yeah. Um, but we'll put that in the show notes. <laughs> but really, our emotional maturity in part, in part is learning to acknowledge and recognize and, and validate all different feelings that we have. I think it's true. And I think to be fair, trying to acknowledge like 123 at the same time might be slightly tricky. So so if you narrow it down to six, I think that's great, but maybe it can be a roving six. Like you can, you can have different ones in the six. I think if I was intaking, acknowledging more than six different ones at a time, I would probably stick some in the queue until take a number. <laughs> it feels like a lot. <laughs> okay. So, so yeah, not at one time. Did I say that wrong? No, I'm just I saying think, like in I, their life. Yeah. Experience. I think you were just saying six specific emotions. Yes. And I think, yeah, 
there's hundreds. And maybe don't pick too many to yeah. process at the same time. Well, that's here, a lot. Yeah, I agree. But here's why that's important is because if we don't have language for what we're feeling, if we can't actually put language to what we're feeling, we just stay at, I'm mad, I'm, I'm you know, I hate them, they're idiots. Yeah. If we don't have the language to say, I feel afraid that I'm going to be, you know, abandoned or that someone doesn't care about how I feel or the language is so important. So just learning and acknowledging different feelings and the language around those feelings is maybe why I would say sixes, sixes. Yes. Good. But get a feeling well. And honestly, parents, (laughs) parents with kids, to be able to hand them a feeling wheel and say, what are you feeling? <laughs> they're going to be like irritated. <laughs> I can tell you what they're going to say. I think that, I think that's true. I think to, to, to consider emotions and like the complexity of them is just emotional intelligence. Yeah. You know, you start out in kindergarten, you've got, you know, five colors in your color box. And that's great. It is great for what you need to do at that age. And then as you mature, like being able to, you know, shade and have different values in your colors and whatnot. That's a real important part of being a self-actualized mature adult. And it, it doesn't happen always naturally. It's not like a body growing that will just grow no matter what your emotional intelligence takes effort, takes time, takes looking for the information. So I think, I think you're right. Oh, I love that analogy that it's great to start with the primary colors and then you move, you, you do the work to bring more into your, yeah, I think it enables you to do a whole lot more when you can name it, then you can change it. You know, you can imagine if the medical field had like six terms and six terms only, it might be kind of tricky to get diagnosed correctly. Yeah. You know? And, and many of us were raised in homes where any emotion, any feeling other than happy or smiley wasn't really. And don't forget grateful and grateful. grateful. (laughs) That was was a strong leader. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think that's true. I mean, I, so no, we're not beating ourselves up because we don't have it. Sure. And it's, if we don't, but we also probably drove around some of us in station wagons with no seatbelts. And (laughs) and once we figured out that wasn't a great idea, we kind of, you know, carried on to something better. So, so good. I love that. Okay. Great thoughts. Okay. Next question. Someone said, I'm just not in a place where I want to date. How would you respond? I mean, I think it's, reasonable not to want to date, but it sounds like I would ask if there's something in that that bothers them. Because my guess is if it was in a peaceful place, they wouldn't ask the question. Yeah. So whether it's feeling an expectation from other people or themselves or whatever that they should be doing it. Yeah. And then if they did, what would it, what would that experience bring? If they didn't, what would that experience bring I'm almost thinking like if you were going to plan a trip somewhere yeah you would kind of explore both lanes to see you know if you wanted we're thinking like Europe or you know uh-huh. gonna go like the Caribbean and then you might ex- explore what both options had for you and which one you wanted yeah I think if somebody doesn't want to date then don't date yeah forever right. what if they don't want to date forever 
yeah, I think if somebody has peace around it, that's great. If it agitates them, it probably needs attending to. What would peace, because, you know, we can fake ourselves. (laughs) I feel great about this. You do? Peace would feel like I don't have to just, I don't have to explain it. I don't feel like I'm doing something. Probably wouldn't come up in your mental conversation. Mm. I mean, the things I have peace around don't usually sit in the queue for me to sort through again and again and again. If they do, then it probably means something in there is stuck. Yeah. Maybe a good question as well to ask yourself is why? Why don't I want to date? And and lots of people don't take that second. They don't go to that second question. It's just, I don't want to. Yeah. I think that's where it's, it would probably be great for the entirety of the dating population to also say, why do I want to date? And get mm-hmm. honest there. I think whichever whichever door you're going to go through, I would to be conscious and intentional and have what you're doing match your values is a good idea in anything in life. That's so true. Thank you. Again, it could be its own podcast, that whole thing right there. We just There's a whole lot of stuff in there. That's great. Okay. Okay. Should we jump to another one? Yeah. Okay. I love my boyfriend. I want to marry him, but I'm afraid. Why? I think it's actually in the same lane. I think yeah. to look at, I'm afraid. If if somebody can identify they're afraid, then maybe taking that next step, like afraid of, and fill in the blanks. And again, like what I said before, I think as we go to kind of explore these thoughts and feelings, if we can do it with an awareness to, oh, I mean, as maybe nonsensical as it sounds, to not be afraid of our fear. Like if you feel fear somewhere, just be curious with your fear. It's amazing how that, even the way like tasers fear, like it it kind of disarms the fear if I can just be curious with it. Just kind of pull it out into the open. Yeah, because I think there's something in that that makes me responding to the fear and not reactionary to it. And and the intention to fear is to get kind of the reaction Mm -hmm. part which puts you in more of a defensive posture. Mm -hmm. But if I can be curious with why I'm afraid and kind of lean into it, Mm -hmm. which is terribly counterintuitive. Yeah. You get a lot of good information about yourself. And when I say good, I also mean terribly uncomfortable. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So getting curious is key. Yeah. But I, I mean, it's, I mean, people can feign curiosity and fear. But yeah. that usually sounds more like interrogation. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. you have a parent. No, I'm just, I'm really curious what you did this weekend to your teenager. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, are you curious? This <laughs> this is feeling like an interrogation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I, I think that space, like if you're afraid, I think that's great to recognize it and great to get curious with the fear. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree with all of that. And I would also add that so often when we feel afraid, so we could stop and ask ourselves, am I trying to control anything? Is there yeah. something I'm trying to control? And I, th- I think that's true. I do think that that can be hard to identify. Yeah. Because it can be like, oh, I can tell I'm afraid. And then like, what am I trying to control? And it's like nothing. But yeah. But just notice where your thoughts are. Yeah, exactly. Right. Am I, am I now in 2027? Have I got, have I jumped to 2030? For sure. (laughs) Yeah. And 1987. Yeah. Same time. Yeah. No, I think that, I think that's true. When I've left the present. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I'm trying to think of what I want to have happen. Meaning I, I mean, it's, it's perfectly great actually to like, I, I want honesty and love and playfulness and fidelity and all the things in my marriage, Mm -hmm. which wouldn't bring fear, right? Those thoughts and expectations would actually bring excitement and Mm -hmm. connection and love. But when it moves to fear or when you feel like you want to control that might make sure that happens, Mm. then fear's always underneath that. Right. I think you're right. And yeah. I, but I think in those things you articulated all those good things, what I think you do when you hit those is you hit a vulnerability in yourself that's open to those things. Mm-hmm. And then the fear will hijack the vulnerability because uh-huh. in that open space. And then it, it's like, yeah, but what if I don't, what if they cheat? What if? Yeah. And then, yeah, it, it took you on a, uh, I, I'll often describe it as you just stopped being the driver of your bus and you're getting thrown around all, all the town while you, yeah, that, you know. that's so true. But it, it is like, it's a very disciplined place, I think, to yeah. practice. I don't, I think it just is a practicing place to just try to hold that vulnerability or when you go into 2027. Yeah. Just say hello and go right back to yeah. current. Yeah. I mean, it's it is tricky. I, I think there's no there's no shade in going to the past or the present. Just a, a recognition, like oh shoot, yeah. I I went to where I have no agency. Let's just move back to where I do. Yes, yeah. Because in the present, when we leave the present, we leave our agency. Yeah, and and we actually can't control anything in the future. We can choose how we show up, yeah. and that's the end of what we can actually control in the future. I think that's true, and I also think, of course, there's there's value into thinking like next year. I'd like to go, you know. Again, I'm on a vacation. Theme, apparently, <laughs> apparently, I'm wanting to escape. Uh-huh. If I want to say I want to go to Europe, then what can I do today to plan for what I Absolutely. want? Absolutely. So move back to where I do have agency because there's something that's so helpful in in progress and dialing down anxiety and all sorts of things where I can take action. Absolutely. Yeah. That's good. Liz, I told you when we started no noises, but every time I lean back on my chair, we get a little <laughs> itch. Not every time, just sometimes apparently. <laughs> I'm just here to babysit. Okay. Okay. Next question. Okay. I burnt more time on social media than I would have liked to. Really? That actually sounds like a statement and not a question, but that's okay. (laughs) We'll turn it into a question. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, if you're right, it is a statement. And I get that question. I spend a lot of time. I find myself spending more time on social media Mm -hmm. than I, if in my values and moral space that I want to live my life, then I would like to be there. Mm. But that's actually not true. I, I, I like listening to a podcast called evoke therapy and and Brad Reedy talks about, he he said, I would, I would ask my, a client that I'm working with. He said, how much do you think I weigh? And then they'd guess and mm-hmm. he'd say, how much do you think I want to weigh? And they'd say, 
less than what they guess that he weighed. <laughs> He, he has a very sturdy sense of self, apparently. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I haven't asked any of my clients that case you're wondering. Anyway, he said, no, I weigh, I want to weigh exactly what I weigh because I actually have agency to change that if I wanted to. And that, so when I say, you know, sometimes I spend more time on social media than I want. It's like, really? No, the truth is I, I wanted to spend it there. But then it hit, it's that cognitive dissonance inside of me that I actually, when I'm in my present, clear thinking mind, I don't want to spend a lot of time on social media. When I'm in fear or pain or bored or a lot of other emotions, I leave what I value and I go to something else. Hmm. What are your thoughts? I I mean, I think it could be true. I think social media is a real like hotbed target for it. Cause clearly it's set up with all to the, pull you back in. Yeah. All the, all the little dials and levers to get you there and to track you and all the things. I think it's good to realize that one of our greatest things we have, like our, our most valuable commodity is our attention. So, I mean, the truth is I like, if I said my, my Instagram account I've curated to things I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. So I think it's sometimes I can find myself almost thinking, Oh, I spent too much time. And I probably could be parroting that because I hear everybody else saying like, Oh, I've spent too much time. But also realizing if, if I get intentional say like, I valued that time I spent. Yeah. And, and I think it can be that. And it can be other times like, I'm trying to create a witness protection program in my own house and I want everybody that can recognize me by name to go away. (laughs) And I would like to escape. Yeah. And here's the truth to that. Sometimes I, to me, that's super valuable too. Yeah. But I can feel a difference when it was like, I was happy with my investment and when it feels like, yeah. It's almost like, you know, you go to one of those nickel cades and you can win the iPad if you just keep putting your money in. Yeah. And it does, social media can feel like that. Like I just keep hoping I'm really going to get the iPad. And in the end, I get like one Laffy Taffy or Chinese <laughs> And those things. <laughs> always say that. Yeah. Those things that yeah. actually are kind of fun. You have to admit. They're, they're, <laughs> they're fun for like the entire ride home. And then they go straight to the garbage. So it just is like what I was. And the truth yeah. is. I think it's the same theme on the back end. Like if I didn't like that investment, good news. I don't have to invest there again. Yeah. But I think the the theme is get conscious and own where I do put my time and attention. And is that what I want? Yeah. So many good thoughts there to address and um, to be mindful about. Mm-hmm. I love what you said that our, um, I love it so much. I can't remember it. (laughs) I have that effect a lot. (laughs) Wait, say it again. That one of the most valuable things we have is our attention. It's our attention. On social media in particular. I mean, I think it applies a lot of places, but it it is how we pay for the content. And so if, if I think of it like that is, it's a very transactional experience. Hmm. It's kind of like if I went into the mall and I came home with like 18 pairs of, the wrong size stretchy pants in wool. <laughs> I guess if wool stretching, that is something. And I'm all mad. I think, well, yeah. that is what I spent my money on. Yeah. You know, but I, I don't, I think it's just to be a 
but any of these questions could apply to be to being thoughtful and an agent of where we put our time, tension, what you know, the intention to it. I also think it all sounds great. And the truth is we're going to probably experience a real hearty mix of like sometimes being very intentional and sometimes, you know, I don't know, hour and a half goes by and I've just watched a lot of cute kittens, you know, <laughs> and then for me, it's dancing. You, you send a dancing oh, yeah. video yeah. I and they're it's smiling. Like, I'm all over that. If you get a cat that dances. <laughs> no, I no, do not no, watch cat. I don't either. Cat but I'm, I mean, there's all sorts of things I could just, and then to think, well, dang, like on yeah. this no return policy, yeah, you know, where am I going to, what, what will I do with that? And the truth is I can be thoughtful. Like, thing now I've got I've accumulated an hour and a half of people tangoing all over the world (laughs) and what kind you know what can I do with that now that's fine you know carry chop chop carry on it's true for real like go look at funkonometry they're so good (laughs) (laughs) but we'll put it in the show notes Liz you know what I think for me because you make a really good point if so I very rarely sit down to watch a movie, almost never, really. I just don't because I usually fall asleep. But it's funny to me because I don't fall asleep on social media, but yeah. I fall asleep in a movie really quick. Well, if your funkinometry <laughs> showed a two-hour dance, would you stay locked and loaded? Have you seen them? I might. No, <laughs> no I haven't. I mean, they uh, it, yeah. it switches so fast that yeah. it, it does it's, kind of – it's it's all true. locked into, you know – I'm active. I'm, I'm moving. My, well, I'm clicking. Your thumb is killing it. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I know. But yeah. I, I guess what I'm saying is for me, and this is where the question is, you know, well, his, uh, the, the statement, I, I burnt more time on social media than I would have liked to. In this question, it led to a place that he, that took him against what he morally values. And it, it, he, his, he wasn't as boundaried with his thoughts and behavior oh, at sure. that point. Yeah, so sense. I really appreciated his ability to see what got him to that place. Yeah. And I think just changing the language too. I chose, I chose to stay on social media actually kind of gets me back into a, Oh, do I want to choose that? And that's exactly yeah. what you were just saying yeah. to be mindful for me. I have to be really mindful about what I value because lots of times I will spend time on things I don't value because I'm just not conscious or aware, you know, mindful of what I do value at the time. So, okay. Any last thoughts on that? No, I think, I mean, I think that's great. I think the truth is nobody's going to nail what they value all the time because we're going to have to like it the wrestle is important, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I, I think you're right. Like when he says, I spent more time on that, then it's like, that's fantastic. Now, yeah. where are you going from here? What are you going to do with that? Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. Okay. If someone was listening to this podcast and they're walking away, what work could they do this mm. week? That what did, what did we address today that they could say, Oh, I, I'm going to work on that this week. Mm. You have one or two, three. I think what Seven, I would say is to, 14, 14, <laughs> sit back down, get cozy, I got 27. I think, I mean, I think mentioned it a little bit, but I think I would 
try to make a very comfortable space for all your feelings or emotions and just get curious with them. Yeah. Whether it is in a dating scenario, you don't like the time you spend on social media, you're trying to forgive somebody, whatever it is, because you can have lots of variety. Mm-hmm. But to practice not being reactionary to any of them, but just really curious, like the most intelligence comes from curiosity and action. So I think that's what I would say. Good, Liz. Thank you. I'm just going to, that almost encompasses every question or um, comment that we gave today. So thank you. I'm so grateful you're here. Will you come back so we can have lessons from Liz? What should we call it? We're going to work on the name. Okay. Yeah. We'll yeah. We might even have it by the Let's time we quest- this. Questions with Christy. <laughs> we'll start there. I'm not yeah. sure that's where we're going to land. Yeah. Okay. You'll have many choices in your day and in your week. I hope you'll choose to do the work. If you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, share a written experience, or ask me a question, go to coachchristy.life and fill out the podcast questionnaire, and we'll be in touch with you soon. There are no dumb questions or experiences, just opportunities to learn and do the work. Have a great week.